a podcast one production. On this episode, we're going to peer into the future and look at technologies that are on the brink of coming to market. All the technologies that we're discussing today will soon exist. But are they... Cat's pyjamas or cat's piss with the chaser? I'm Charles Firth. Joining me are Zoe Norton-Lodge, Craig Rucastle and Andrew Hanson. Welcome. Good to be here. Thank you. So we're looking at the future, this one. This, you've, you've, you've ruined the format. Well, it's the history of the future. <laughs> we're all history's made up anyway. Mm. Uh, okay. So first one is, and this is a technology that they've developed and they're about to deploy in America, hearing voices at the store. The, the technology is called Audio Spotlight, which uses extremely tiny speakers on the shelves of stores and so that as you pass a product that they want to advertise, mm-hmm. you hear an ad telling you to buy that product. So as and, you walk down the aisle, mm, you're going to hear like hundreds of different ads. Yes, and, and it monitors each person as they go and it gets targeted directly at you and nobody else can hear the ad. It's just you being talked at as you're in front of, you know, the gravy or whatever. I can't think of any way to more feel like I was losing my mind <laughs> than to hear targeted ads that only I could hear. So, so cat's piss or cat's pajamas? <laughs> that is some. That is some piss. That is some feline piss for me. Are you considering buying some feline piss? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm with Zoe. This is one of the worst dystopian futures I can imagine. But don't you think it would be helpful to, you know, if you're working out which mayonnaise to have, to say, oh, it, this one... Do I know. think it would be helpful if I'm standing in front of the mayonnaise aisle to have four different mayonnaises yelling at me going, pick me, I'm a bed, I'm out of whole eggs, right? Yeah. That is an in, no. insanely horrible... Isn't it fairly close to the definition of gaslighting? <laughs> this is an ad only you can hear. I swear, it told me to buy the mayonnaise, Charles. <laughs> well, a voice that, told Craig, me. As Craig said, do, do these mayonnaises speak in their own voice? Like, you know, this, what is this the could mayonnaise a, voice, Andrew? Well, this could be a wonderful opportunity for for, for, for actors and, and voiceover artists. So maybe the mayonnaise, well, I guess he's sick and eggy, so maybe the mayonnaise will talk like this. Can <laughs> okay, hello, a praise mayonnaise. It depends on the product, I suppose. So, and, Andrew, can I, what's the voice of uh, sorry, cornflakes then? Oh, well, you know, they're crunchy and fresh for breakfast, so it'll be like, uh, you know, g'day, it's me, cornflakes. Why don't you start your morning with me? You know, because they're, they're sort of light and golden. I mean, I think, oh, I'm cat's pyjamas for me, and, and please hire me. And what about, like, if you went through the meat section with the lamb? <laughs> yeah, yeah. By me, I'm made entirely of meat, because I'm meat. <laughs> I think this would be great. I want to go to this show. Would it be wrong... <clears throat> to kind of ignore the rest of this podcast and just spend the next two hours throwing products at Andrew and trying to get him to do the voices. <laughs> Can we do that? Is that all right? <laughs> I think not. No. Okay, so I think it, that sounds like it's two for, two against. Who is so you're in favour, are you? Favorite, are you? Oh, definitely. No, remember, it will be done tastefully. This is the advertising industry, Craig. <laughs> it'll be art. It'll win awards. Um, there will be an award. There'll be, There'll an, be award. an award for the best... 
mm. product that spoke to you in an and, aisle. Yeah, and it won't be like every mayonnaise brand talking to you. It'll be, they'll, you have to buy that spot. It'll be oh, yes, one so, after yeah. the other, you know, yeah. if anything. And they've road tested. Like, it won't be annoying. We already know that when the supermarket self-checkout says to you, um, please remove your bags, that's not annoying at all. <laughs> no, exactly. going to be great. Yeah, because you never have the bags there. That's true. It's not annoying at all. Okay, well, yeah, okay, so this is good. I mean, people who are considering growing their own veggies at home and, you know, becoming a bit more self-sufficient, mm. you should do it now because <laughs> in the future, going to the supermarket is going to be the worst experience of your life. Well, actually, that brings us to the next one, which is DNA hacking. So they've mapped the human genome and they've mapped most genomes of, you know, popular plants and things like that. And you can now basically, it's pretty much within the reaches of science to sort of go, okay, we want a talking potato. We'll just map the talking part of the human brain into a potato. I think that was a bit of a stretch there, Charles, from mapping the human (laughs) genome to a talking potato. You skipped a couple of steps, (laughs) I feel. No, but I'm just saying, you know, like... If yeah. you're going to grow your own potatoes, you know, it was a segue. It was sort of no, going. Yeah, sure. No, uh, it, was, so that, it was bollocks, but yeah. go on. <laughs> no, well, but this, anyway. That's probably, this is why we're not millionaires in San Francisco, because we're not willing to go that, that pitch. That's what they'd be pitching. Mm. Yes. Hey, guys, 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 mm. we can make a talking potato. So the good thing about this technology for DNA hacking is that, very soon we'll be able to make custom-made viruses and bacterias that go in and can destroy tumours and and do amazing things to your body. Like basically the way most major diseases will be fought is through modifying the DNA and putting little viruses into your body to... Viruses. So so, so you might not have a talking potato, but you could have a potato with a virus. So you you choose your potato based on what virus it has. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this sounds great, Charles. This idea is gagging to be stolen by a supervillain, isn't it? Who's going to take all the viruses and the bacteria and... (laughs) That is literally what I was just going to say, is what everyone's saying is will almost certainly lead to bioterrorism, where, yeah, Mm. baddies get hold of the... DNA hacking technology and use it to create, you know, super diseases. Yeah, especially now we've already just literally given them the idea. So all the baddies now know they can do this. (laughs) They have to think of it. I hope baddies aren't listening to this. Um, No, look, it could be good though. I mean, there could be some good things. Like it could mean that you can eat, instead of having medication, you could eat chips to cure your cold. I mean, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, well, can no, you? Well, exactly. Can the chips have the medicine in them? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what will happen. Oh, the, the problem with this approach is that it, once you make it so that every, you know, you go to the pharmacist and <laughs> everything is just a different packet of chips, <laughs> the problem is you solve all of those things, but obesity becomes a big problem. <laughs> well, especially as, you know, the chips will be talking at you with ads saying, Hi, me. <laughs> haven't, haven't parents been loading medicine into food to get it down their kids' Yes. for years anyways, and this is sort of a, mm. a problem we've already solved. Yeah, actually it's true because remember we would always look at those gummy uh, medication things and the gummy ones were always like 99% sugar and a very small percent of possible goodness. So I think it's yeah. very similar. But but isn't the idea here that they, they cure more things? Like, like, you know, parents are basically disguising Panadol or something, aren't they? Is that what mm. you're talking about, Zoe? Yeah. yeah. In, in a, I mean, in custard. The way Charles has pitched it, though, to be fair, 
was they're going to shove a pile of viruses and bacteria in you to cure cancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I feel, Charles, like you're not reading these studies in their entirety. <laughs> it just doesn't sound quite... No, the, I haven't heard that from an oncologist. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, get a bunch of viruses and put them in your... Well, that's, the, I, that's no. not entirely true because at the moment most... The, the latest kind of trend in, in medicine now, not even in the future is all based on your gut bacteria. So it is a lot of it's based on going, oh, I saw an article this week saying, you know, we'll cure autism by changing your gut bacteria, which generally means that they take somebody else's poo and put it into you, which, mm. again, is something that I don't want my doctor to do generally. But you know, maybe maybe this is it. But maybe. if you're dying, Craig, and, and you know, the choice is, is between that or, you know, having somebody's poo put inside you, your bottom... You'd, you'd go, you'd yeah. take the poo option. I mean, it's there are worse things. And, there are and worse look, things. It's not about poo. It's, no, no, no. It's this about, like it's a, about the, oh, fact, like the next DNA hacking. <laughs> <laughs> DNA hacking is literally about changing the structure of your own DNA. So if you're susceptible to some oh. hereditary disease, you can take a but, virus which will then change your DNA so you no longer have... Like something that you were born with, like I don't a genetic disease. Because I don't understand how DNA works. Can you? Ch- I thought it was more that DNA f- created how you are. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you have a problem, can't, can you change it once you're alive? Yes, you can. Well, according to this study by J. Craig by Buzzfeed, by J. Craig <laughs> Venter, a bio entrepreneur. Oh my god! Yeah, no, we definitely can't. <laughs> I love, I love Craig's uh, question. Can you change it once you're alive? Or do you have to get in before you become alive? <laughs> no, but I mean... You mean in utero, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean, about, I like... mean as in you have to change the, the, the baby's DNA before it's born, in which case yeah. a, a potato is not going to be very useful. Can we just make it clear that no one here is a scientist and no scientific information should be... <laughs> and even so... There's no veracity to this podcast whatsoever. I bet you we're going to win a science award for the popularisation <laughs> of scientific ideas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> From the G-Venter bio-entrepreneur. Um, mm. Okay, let's let's move on from. Thanks for bogging that down in in doubt. Uh, and, and can you put cats' piss in your in your human <laughs> genome? Yeah, yes, I will think, in the to future. cure. I, I I must be overall, despite enormous amounts of skepticism, I'm overall cats' pajamas on that. Yeah, good. I, I'm overall cats' yeah. pajamas on me too. On a virus no, filled potato. Yeah, that isn't going to talk to me. The potato won't talk to me. And anyway, if there is, are baddies who try to hack people's <laughs> DNAs badly, we'll just hack their DNA worse. Oh, and make them See? not baddies yes. without, without yeah. potato. Ha-ha. I feel like baddie movies of the future are going to be really boring. It'll just be people in science things going, oh, hang on, I'll change this potato. <laughs> okay, next one is the technological singularity. Has anyone heard of this concept? No. no. Which is that oh, yeah, this, this is a bit scary, isn't it? Is this, is this something to do with we're all doomed? Uh yeah, yeah that, that's it. Okay, cat's piss, <laughs> move on. <laughs> okay, uh, 3D printers. Uh, um, so uh, you're aware of 3D printing, right? Yeah. So at the moment it's used for small-scale manufacturing for things like guns and one particularly cunning thief actually 3D printed the whole front of an ATM machine and put it up in... I think put it, it over in, the front of the other one. In Canada. No, no, it was just a completely fake terminal. It, was, it, was, oh. it bore no relation to any other... They didn't bother putting it over anything else. They just 3D printed 
and put it on a wall. Yeah, put but it on a wall. But how does that get anyone's information? And then they got and they managed to get four hundred thousand dollars by skimming everyone's cards who put it in the fake terminal. Oh. That's that pretty amazing? good. See, that's, that's good. That's yeah. cat's pajamas. Yeah. That is cat's pajamas. What a clever person. <laughs> and he was able to do that on a printer. I mean, I find it hard to just print a receipt or something without getting a printer jam. <laughs> but this guy yeah. managed to do a whole ATM. That's unbelievable. I think mm. you need about $400,000 to get a 3D printer in the yeah, first place. That is the problem. <laughs> yeah. You've got to invest up front. Yeah. But so hang on a second, Charles. I feel like you've just explained to us what already happens with 3D printing mm. under the... Well, Premise of this, you were going to tell us what's happening in the future. Yeah, yeah. So, so the point is that they're now they're still quite small. Like, so it's just guns and and sort of and ATMs, an ATM. tiny ATMs, tiny, <laughs> tiny little things. But like that. anyone who's putting their card in a miniature ATM just you're also no. wrong on the guns. They don't. You don't print an actual functioning gun. It's yes, just something that looks like a gun. No. No, that's completely untrue. They're, but can't you, you only print with plastic, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you, um, and they elude metal detectors. They're, they're very thick plastic. So you, you can take them into airports and things like that. But they, that's good. You can print a .38 caliber handgun. Anyway, good. point well, is... I now again think, hope there are no baddies listening to this podcast. 3D printers are going to become much, much bigger. So you'll be able to print things like wind turbines and your own butt. <laughs> oh, great. That's cat's pyjamas now you're talking. I hope baddies don't get hold of my butt. But the bad thing is that baddies will be able to print bombs. They reckon that's the next step. It's not a size thing, Joe. Your stories are so wrong. Like, I understand that you need, like, an ATM, right? You're saying that currently it's an ATM. They're going to make bigger printers. Now, when you said wind turbines, I'm like, yeah, that's bigger. Yeah. That's bigger than an ATM. Yeah. And then you said your own butt. Yeah. My butt yeah, is, is pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still smaller <laughs> than an ATM. <laughs> Craig's butt is spectacular, by the way. But, and I and wish it's full this, of credit this, cards, which is weird. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get this story all wrong and I'm going to print out my own butt and put it on a wall and think people are going to try to skim oh, people's I, I cards. Would, I would buy I'd, that. I'd, I'd be skim a like, card through your uh, it, It's a shame this is not a video podcast, guys, because like Craig has the most gorgeous butt that you've ever seen <laughs> and everyone would want to 3D print a copy of it. <laughs> like it's smooth that, and peachy. Yeah, everyone's that auntie. So- everyone's auntie's obsessed with Craig. We could make a, make a racket. By printing, hang on. So you say in the future I can just retire by selling my butt to everyone's aunt? Yep. To everyone's aunt? Well, I think this is cat's pajamas. Whilst confusing as hell. (laughs) We're talking about future technologies and and looking at some of the ones that are about to come to market. Let's try this one. (laughs) Uh, So they reckon by. 2021, at least, is the date that they reckon the first four space tourists will go to Mar- to the moon. Mm. And then 2027 um, will definitely be regular space tourist trips to mm. Mars mm. by then. No, no, to Mars? Yes. Wait, so 2021 we're going to the moon? Yeah, as tourists, yeah. Because we know we can go to the moon. Like, yes. we're cool with that. Yeah, we've yeah, humans, done it before. Humans can go to the moon. Yeah, but but you can... You can just pay. The, the, because what's happened in the last few years is a whole lot of private companies have started taking over this space and they're all now actually at the threshold of being able to deliver safe services to... Safe know. services to Mars. Isn't the thing that you can't come back and that they've... If you go to Mars, you can't come back? Is that a rule? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a rule that they made up when they they worked out Elon Musk's personality was so awful. Yeah. I mean, oh, if you go to Mars, you can't come. Wasn't that, no, wasn't that the thing with the Mars One 
project that like that they could go there, but that was it. Like they had that, to that's stay. what I'd heard because yeah. it, I, I, you know it's too hard to bring them back or something. Is, is that no longer the case, Charles? Are, we, are they saying what well, you can now just get a bus to Mars? Well, no, they're saying that the few remaining problems, which is things like coming back, um, (laughs) will be solved by the time 2027. And will it be finished um, after the Sydney Metro light rail? (laughs) That's the thing, Zoe. They they announced this thing with a nine-year time frame, and we know from any transport project that's just like a new bus route or something, it always takes like 15 years at least to to set that up. No, but I the, mean, I just find it very hard to believe. No, no, but the, no, eight no, or nine years. What they're saying is that because it's pitched at the very, very rich, like uh, only the very, very rich will be able to afford this. That it, it that's why it's getting so many resources. Oh, exactly. So, so would you actually want to go to the moon? I mean, I feel like every time I see a picture of the moon, it looks pretty shit place. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a really convoluted way to steal billionaires' money? Like, we're going to send you to Mars and we'll just (laughs) take all your stuff. Actually, the thing is, while it doesn't look good, the reason I would pay if I had the money to go to the moon is the 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 low gravity. It does look fun to be able to do those big jumps. Mm. You know, you'd pay for that. Great fun. You've got to play the little game of golf that they play up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't they have Um, centres where you can do that, like, all over the place? Play golf. No, it's a, go, a golf in. course, Zoe, but that's different. <laughs> do a zero gravity thing. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. I like the way this, this does sound like a really rich resort. It's like only really rich people can do it, and you go there and play golf. <laughs> <laughs> but surely anywhere is interesting to visit for a few days. Like, you know, you don't need to oh, stick yeah. around for a few days, and then you'd go, and then you'd be able to say, you know where I went last holiday? The moon. The moon. Yeah, that's why I got a bit of a tan. But it's a bit risky, though, because no one's yet reviewed the moon on TripAdvisor. Mm. And if they're going to set up all this and it gets, like, two stars, then yeah. the investors are going to be very annoying. Uh, okay, so is, it, so is that cat's space tourism? Is that cat's pyjamas or cat's piss? Uh, for me personally, cat's piss, but if you're, if you're into that, well, cat's pyjamas for you. But should, should rich people be allowed to do this? Like it's a huge diversion of billions of dollars worth of wealth into something that's basically just for rich people to... I feel like the first few really, really rich people are going to die doing it. Mm. So, so that will be fun. <laughs> So if they set up a bequest that it's like, look, if I die, I'll give the rest of my money to a good cause. Yeah, exactly. Then maybe we can have some good wealth distribution hmm. and killing some billionaires at the same time. Look, I think it's, yeah, I think it's cat's pyjamas. I'm, I'm all for space tourism. Okay. Yeah. Next one, neurohacking. So they're really close now to mapping the way the brain works and being able to sort of tell what you're thinking. And so if you, say you, Craig, you'd be like this, you sort of, Thinking something and then you just can't remember what you were thinking. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, you'll be able to ask your smartphone or whatever, oh, what was I just thinking? And it will be able to tell you. Because really? there's signals, there's electric signals that come out of your brain that allow computers to read your mind. They Great, because need- the, well, the one thing we were all wanting in recent years, is for our phones to start being able to directly read our thoughts. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's, that's cat's pajamas. That's exactly what I want every time I get a targeted ad. This is... this is Well, actually, they said that one of the major uses of it will be neuromarketing, where, where they transmit messages. The problem with this that's is... That's so much scarier than the first one we were talking about. It's one thing to hear a voice. It's another for it to be piped directly into yeah. your brain. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't think they're piping it in. I'd rather Sorry, go to Mars and die than have ads piped directly into my yeah. brain. No, yeah, I think yeah. they're reading the thoughts, So I don't think they're, they're, rec- they're, they're writing on your brain. Oh, it's a, it's a slippery slope, Andrew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is... The, I mean, you've pitched this in the kind of best way you can. This is total cat's piss because nobody wants... 
people to actually be able to read your mind. Because if, if you're sure you go, oh, your phone can read your mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't. You want to be have private thoughts. And there's actually a, there's actually a debate about this about kind of passing laws. It's kind of the last bit of privacy we have in this world mm. is our thoughts. And you know, but like, I yeah, don't. But want you're, so you're saying that because you're an old person. You, like these millennials. <laughs> They, yeah, they'd love it. They'd they? love it. They'd just put it up yeah. on. Nobody you know, who is going to do a crime would like it. Yeah. Mm. It'd be well, terrible for court. Well, that's good. So it gets rid of all the baddie. How awkward is it in a conversation when you like know which people are thinking you're masturbating at the time? <laughs> yeah, Andrew, exactly. Andrew, stop it. Andrew, and, stop and, it. And the, the, most people's thoughts <laughs> would just be about. Are you that? just reading episode I mean, synopses of Black Mirror at this point, Charles? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, Siri's so bad that she would say out loud what you were thinking. Yes, what do you mean you want to masturbate in front of her? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's true. You wouldn't want to link it up with Siri, my God. How come How come if all this incredible technology is going to be around in the next few years, you still can't get Siri to understand what you're saying? It's because you don't think in an American accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, next one is nanotechnology. Moore's Law states that every 18 months, basically, the size of computing can halve. And that leads to a point which is called, I think, zero-sized intelligence, where basically the largest computer in the world will be the size of a pinprick, basically. That's a real bitch to use, though. The keypad is... (laughs) Like, unless they're going to shrink my fingers too, that's not very useful. Oh, but it's very... Apple's one (laughs) is very elegant. It's very well designed. (laughs) Battery life still sucks, though. Um, No, so uh, the point is that if you sort of follow that geometric progression over the next sort of 10 or 15 years, suddenly you start being able to go, oh, okay, we'll be able to create, you know, really intelligent machines that less than the size of a blood cell and we'll be able to send them into your body and do all the repairs that way. That, that basically you could have an army of little supercomputers running around your body fixing you up and making you essentially vaguely immortal. This is the, this is the plot to Inner Space, the movie from the 80s. <laughs> that I watched. Well, Remember they, they shrank down the people and put them mm, in the body and it didn't, it didn't go well. Well, you know, Martin Short is very far-sighted, Craig. Mm. Hang on a second. Yeah. The thing about this is that it depends what comes true first. Like, why would we need mini robots in our body fixing things when we've already got our DNA being changed by the potato to mm. fix us anyway? I feel like we're over-fixing ourselves with this. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's options, though. It's options, you know. Yeah. It's like d- today, sir, would you would you prefer the nano robot or the potato stuffed into your into your ass? <laughs> you know, that, that's, how, that's these are ways of fixing yourself up. I think it's good to have a choice. I still, I still maintain, Andrew. I know we've had this argument for years, but I still maintain that's not how you eat a potato. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Craig, I tell you, that's that's the way to get the true crunch and flavour and the benefit of the fibre that's in the skin. It's like doing drugs, isn't it? It's just <laughs> yeah, yep. quicker yeah. that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So oh, yeah. uh, it's, this is not though. You can't shrink people down into your body. This is just no, little people. robots. <laughs> We're not talking about shrinking. I just tuned out for a second. In inner space, okay? It was a great no. movie. I'm just seeing how close are we to making that a reality. I think he's, he's just about being fixed up by an army of microscopic dwarfs. <laughs> I think it's a computer, isn't it, Charles? Yeah, they're computers. They're they're little robots, basically. Mm. What if it gets lost? Do they have a find my iPhone feature? <laughs> well, they're stuck in you. They're one billionth of a meter long each, so. I don't think you'd be able to see them. 
So it's not so good. Or if it, if, it, if it crashes and the IT guy needs to go in and <laughs> reboot it or something, I mean, this could cause all sorts oh, of problems. Oh, yeah. They're sounding a bit cat's piss to me. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. true. And then finally, this is the last one, there's this concept which started out in science fiction but it's becoming apparent that certainly over the next few decades it should happen, which is that you'll be able to, when you die, upload your brain into a computer and, and your brain will be so well mapped and the computer will be so amazingly large and impressive that you can live on as basically a mega computer program wow. and, and achieve digital immortality. Do you, do, you, do you have a body? You don't have a body. You just... You Does just... it hurt? Well, this is the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt, but like all your neurons, like you, what would have to happen is you'd have to have sort of robotic extensions to replicate the sort of different parts of your body that you want to... Isn't this... Why does anybody want to do this out of interest? Because Mm. for me, the fun things in life generally involve, sure, thinking and all that kind of stuff, but also being able to do stuff and that kind of stuff. So essentially you're limiting life at this point to sitting in a dark room thinking for Mm. the rest of your life. But but also talking with other people, like chatting. Yeah, Yeah, you can talk. Yeah. Or you just mean through brainwaves or you've got a mouth? Well, you know, you've got a voice synthesizer. Like you just used a voice synthesizer to... So there's just a room full of people that are dead talking to each other. (laughs) This sounds like the (laughs) shittest future ever. Say your mum dies... You upload it to your iPhone and then you can carry around with it. <laughs> yeah, they don't put all the dead people in a room together, Rude Castle. <laughs> well, where, the idea well, where is are the dead people? No, they stay with you, presume. I'm assuming, I, this is what I'm imagining. It's like, you know, the little, little kid says, you know, oh, mummy, I, I miss grandma. I wish she was still here. And they go, well, she is. And you open up your laptop and it's like, you know, hello, this is your grandma. I am recording, you know, I'm stuck forever in the form of a computer <laughs> and I wish you would turn me off and put me out of my endless well, misery. Well, yeah. this uh, is the point, actually, Andrew, which is that uh, philosophers are saying this could be a form of torture because yeah. if, you, if you're just living on, you actually are re- requiring somebody else to turn you off to kill you. Like, yeah. like, like you could just be kept on forever. In a state of consciousness. Not only that, is that why do you want to carry around all your dead relatives on your iPhone? Mm. That's going <laughs> to suck. Well, yeah, can you make choices? Can you be like, look, Uncle Kevin, he is a drag. Can we just not upload? Oh, it is starting to be a bit cat's pissy, isn't it? Because if the baddies get hold of you after you've died. And they'll turn you into a digital slave. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They'll just bring you back. It's also really going to be really annoying because your grandmother will be talking to Siri on your phone all the time. It's going to, I think this is cat's piss. It's going to take 30 years to happen, so. You know, you got a bit of time. Yes, yeah. Well, actually, by the time you're about to die, you could probably do it. But you're saying you're not going to. But no one's going to keep Craig's brain around, are they? (laughs) I'm certainly not taking responsibility for that one. It's barely functioning now. Why would you save it in 30 years' time? (laughs) Well, Charles, thanks for that. That was a a horrible walk down the the future. (laughs) Most of those things we thought were cat's piss. I don't know, the future, but this is it. I guess you get used to it as it happens. You get used to these things, they'll come in slowly yeah. and we'll, we'll love them. Well, I think, I think if, if you got told that you, you know, we're going to run your life through some handheld device that 
keeps track of you and monitors your every move mm. and surveils everything that you do and say. Yeah. Um, and you no longer Ten years ago, you would have said cat's piss, and now that's what that's everyone does. the iPhone, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And they think it is cat's piss. Yeah. So, so the point is, it is cat's piss, but it'll still happen. I'm just amazed in... in in that fantasy that the Cat's Piss, Cat's Pyjamas podcast has been going for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> There's life in the old dog yet. Cat's Pyjamas or Cat's Piss with The Chaser was written and presented by The Chaser. Created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia, producer Alex Mitchell, sound production by Darcy Thompson and Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au, download the Podcast One app or search Cat's Pyjamas on Apple Podcasts.